welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. I'm just thrilled it wasn't single digits today when I woke up. Anybody else? <laughs> like, oh, praise God. Let's go. Woo. But this season, tis the season, we're really excited about. But as we prayed over and processed it, it's a celebration of the coming of Jesus. It's a celebration of Christmas time and all this season has to offer. But it's also this call and this challenge within our lives that tis the season. It's always the season when we're following Jesus. When we pursue him with everything that we have. And if you're a guest with us today and you're just trying to figure some things out, you're going to hear about the greatest story ever told about the gift of grace and mercy that's available to all of us as we think about tis the season. Everybody got their shopping done? Black Friday? I, I was telling my kids the other day, like, it's important to learn something new every day. Try to learn something new. Like, we got to be teachable. We have to be humble. And I was like, man, why is it even called Black Friday? And Melissa's like, it's because it's when companies get in the black. I'm like, wow. That is profound. Makes a whole lot of sense. And I just learned something new. And if you didn't know, you're welcome. Yeah, and I went to school for business. So in that moment, I had to be very humble and say, wow, babe, that was good. That was good. You are so smart. Uh, but there is this season of... Great movies. How many people are checking off their list of Hallmark movies? Don't lie about it, fellas. I know you're watching them too. There's a really good one with three guys that are brothers taking a little baby. It's cool. Check it out. It's on Hallmark, you know. Um, I didn't want to say that because they're not paying us. But we got no sponsorships here. But the reality is there's so many great things that we get to celebrate in this season, and I think it's important, and it's good, and it's fun, and we want to look for those great deals, and we want to bless people well, but I want to take this as an opportunity to say, how do we reflect on this gift that we're celebrating in Jesus and respond in our daily lives every day of the year, and what can that look like? And this morning as we dive in, we're going to be in Matthew 5, but before we get there, I just want to share with you about the Bible. I know it can be intimidating sometimes, and it can feel a little bit like, I don't want to open this Bible. It just has a whole lot of rules in it, and I'm going to feel condemned and feel really terrible and feel like I'm not doing what I need to do. But that's not who God is. God created us because he wanted to live with us in community forever. But he gave us this gift called free will. And through our free will, meaning we get to make our own decisions, is how sin entered into the world. Because through Adam and Eve and their own decision to do what God asked them not to, it had to separate them from a perfect God. But this Bible is a love story about that journey and then God's pursuit of us ever since. And it culminates with him sending his son, Jesus, what we are celebrating this season and always, that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us so that we can get back in relationship with him. And this is an instruction manual for life to say, hey, I'm not telling you what you can't do. I'm telling you the things that you can do that will bring joy and love and passion and comfort and peace within your life. Because the things in the world that they'll say, oh, that's just saying you can't do that as a Christian. It's like, man, it's not about can't do it because when you do it, your heart feels burdened and it feels broken and it just feels like you can't measure up, even though it might momentarily feel good. 
So this is a love story about the God of the universe is saying, hey, I, I love you so much that I only did my send my son Jesus for you, but I want to give you the key to life and how to live it. Sound good? So today, Matthew 5, verse 48, I actually want to read it from the message version. And it says, live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. And if you are taking notes with us today, the title of this message is Live Generously. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are here, that you are in this space right now because we're two or more gather in your name, there you are. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each and every person's heart. You would help me get out of the way because you have a message for all of us. We glorify and celebrate your name today as we come together to thank you and give you praise that you deserve. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. 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 Live generously. As a church, one of our core values is be the blessing, which really sums it up well, and I'd love to read it to you. Be the blessing. Generosity is our privilege. We desire to have a spirit of generosity where we use our time, talent, and resources to serve others and glorify God. We have an attitude of get to, not of have to. God doesn't need our stuff, but he desires our heart. It's a heart posture saying, God, I want to be generous with my time, my talent, and my treasure. I want to do everything for your glory because you came and gave me this gift of life, this gift of grace, this gift of mercy. And in my response to that, I want to celebrate and honor you with everything I've got. So all the time that I can offer, I want to give to you. All the talent that you've given me, like God has given each of you so much talent. His desire is that you would use it to glorify him, but he doesn't make you do it. But when we do, the joy that comes with it is unsurmountable. And yes, he wants us to use our treasure. He wants us to use our finances to help further his kingdom. That is what it looks like to live generously. And as I think about our team and I think about our church family, there's so many people with such incredible hearts for generosity and a desire for people to know Jesus who use their time, talent, and their treasures to glorify his name. And today I want to talk about a brief example. I'm going to ask my guy Jordan to come up here real quick. Can we give it up for Jordan? He's going to make his way through the winter wonderland. So Jordan here, if you haven't met him, I'm assuming that you, you probably have heard him. But he's got such a heart and a passion and desire for Jesus. Come here. I'm going to have you come right on over to the center. Um, but his heart to reach people with the gospel and the things that he does and the sacrifices that he makes, there's a story that I want to talk about today. So recently, Jordan was invited on a trip with a friend to Guatemala just to hang out. But he saw it differently, right? Tell me a little bit about that. How did you envision it? Your friend's like, hey, come with me to Guatemala. And what did that look like for you? Yeah, so... A buddy of mine, he reached out, we, uh, back in January of last year, he had, uh, he had asked me, he said, uh, he said, Jordan, you ever thought about Guatemala? Now, I had just got back from Mexico. He said, you ever thought about Guatemala? And I said, bro, I said, I'm like, a, I'm like a rock in the slingshot of the hand of God. Wherever he wants to send me, I'm willing to go. And he said his parents were going, they were planning to go on a trip uh, in September to just go visit family or whatnot. I said, bro, I said, y'all can go visit your family. It'll be a mission trip for me. Man, see, isn't that awesome? So let me just recap what he just said. His friend was going to visit some family and invite him to come with on a trip. 
And he's like, bet, I'm going to turn that into a mission trip. How am I going to reach people with the gospel? So let me see. Did your work give you some paid time off? Nope. Nope, so, nope, nope. So he used his time because he felt like God was compelling him to go on a mission. That's right. He used the talent that God has given him, but he also used his treasure, his resources, because he felt like, I have to do this. Because you, I mean, did they pay for you to go? No. Paid his own way. And this is not something he would come out and just tell you, but I feel like it's important because the heart this man has for Jesus represents the heart so many of you in here have for Jesus. But his response to it is something that not only do we want to celebrate, because we want to celebrate the things we want to see repeated, what it looks like to follow Jesus, but it's also something that we can see how do we emulate. How do we look at the way other people are following Jesus and say, how do I follow Jesus in that same way? Because here you go. You're getting ready. You're getting prepared. You're turning this vacation into a vocation because you're like, I got a destination here to share about Jesus, (laughs) to see some lives changed and impacted with the gospel. And you get ready to go ahead and travel. And can we throw up a photo behind us? So this man here somehow ends up in classrooms (laughs) preaching the gospel. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we, we need to celebrate that. Yeah, so leading up to the trip, now I'm very big on like relationships and stuff like that. So my buddy Brian, his uncle, he's a teacher at this school and um, he speaks English or whatnot. And um, so him and I had befriended each other through WhatsApp and started building a relationship months prior because I believe that's very important to, to, uh, to build that relationship, but also to have an open door potentially to go back as well. So... He was talking, he was ta- I was telling him, I said, I, said, I said, brother, I said, God's put a vision on my heart to come preach the gospel to Guatemala. And um, so he went, simply went and asked the principal, he said, hey, I got a friend in the United States, he wants to come preach the gospel, can he come? The principal said, yeah, and I was in Guatemala. Woo! Man. <laughs> it's someone responding to God's call within his life to say, I want to be the blessing. Because he knows he has this gift. He knows he has this message about the hope and love of Jesus that just has to come out of him. And he looks for opportunities to do it. Can we go to the next photos here too? Now here's some selfies. So what's really cool is (laughs) as a team, we have this uh, app called Slack that we communicate. And as he's on this trip, he's sending us photos, which was awesome because it felt like we were right there with him. But tell us a little bit about, about these kids. Yeah, like, like TJ just said, too, yeah, you know, even though I was there physically, you guys were there with me spiritually because you guys helped sow into the trip as well. So, so I got two photos right here. This first guy right here, this, now this wasn't, now a lot of the trip, you know, like wherever I go, it's not, the, 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 the classroom stuff, that was more like the scheduled stuff. But wherever I go, I'm looking for an opportunity, Lord, for an open door to preach the gospel. So we went, we were actually out and about, this was actually before the schools and whatnot, this picture right here in particular. This guy's name is Obed, that's his name. And, um. We were at a, like a resort area for like, it was like they have like little like hobbit huts or something like that and stuff like that. It's like an attraction area out in Guatemala. And uh, so we were just, just uh, moseying along and I saw this dude. I, so I went up to him and said, hey bro, let me talk to you real quick. So we started talking and this and that. He was telling me about his job and stuff like that. He's a young cat too, he's only 24. And um, I asked him, I started talking to him about Jesus. And, uh, and then he was just, he was just like, just so, just, he, was, he was compelled to hear. So I was sharing him more and more and more about the gospel of Jesus, how he came to save and how he came to set us free and stuff like that from sin, addiction, whatever it is, he came to set us free. So I was sharing that with him and uh, I said, dude, I said, do you want this Jesus I'm talking about? And he said, yes. So he received the Ooh. Lord right then and there. And um, it was funny, it was awesome too. Yeah. Because it was this gigantic like hand that was out there too in this attraction, I mean, it was huge. 
And, I, and, and God just like put it on my heart, compelled my heart. I said, dude, I said, you see that hand right there? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, think of that hand as the hand of God. Whenever we fall and mess up, that God's God's big hand picking Amen. us back up and putting us back on track on, on the direction that we need to go. And he was very, he was so, he was, I've never seen nobody receive the gospel with such joy like this young dude did. And he told me too, he said, you know, I've been in a place right now. I've been trying to change my life. I said, boy, I said, brother, I said, this is perfect timing because you can't change your life. Only Jesus can change your Amen. life. And he received Christ right then and there. Amen. Amen. So this brother right here, his name was Brian, and uh, we were actually at a basketball court. I'm not a basketball player. I was just, I was just hanging out. But um, we were at a basketball court or whatnot, and, um, you know, we are out and about, especially in Guatemala. I mean, Spanish is the number one language or whatnot. But he spoke enough English for me to, comp to, to be able to share the gospel with him. And uh, so I went up to him, started talking to him, stuff like that. He was just sitting down, and I started talking to him. And um, my friends, they were playing basketball and whatnot, so I just went up to him and just started, like, kind of talking to him about the gospel and just sowing that seed or whatnot. Now, he, now, I can't say he received the gospel right there and there. I remember he had a, he had a big old, um, he, had, he had a big bottle of liquor or whatnot. I said, hey, bro, like, like how you doing? I said, Christianity? He said, no, he held the liquor bottle up. I said, bro, I said, it's all good. I said, I used to be there, too. I used, I used to slam bottles just like that, too. But I said, I, said, I, know, I know somebody who, who, who can slam your heart with his love and change, and, and, and change you. And so you don't have to run to that thing anymore. Well, you can run to Jesus and not run to the bottle anymore. And he was, he was, he, he was, he, he was happy, too. He, he, so I, got, I just really got to pray with him. And he actually came and joined us and played play basketball with us. And then a couple of his other friends came over there, and, and uh, we were I was able to talk to them as well, but his name was Brian, and um, you know, just sometimes you just got to sow that seed or, or, or water, whatever, whatever. You don't yeah. know where you're at in that uh, in that um, in, in that time or whatnot. But yeah, but but Brian, he he was another one that was very open to the gospel, and uh, it was just it was just the whole trip was very just fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. That's awesome, man. And and I think yeah, let's celebrate that to have that boldness to share about Jesus with someone. And it's not saying that everybody is in this position to go out to another country and to share the gospel and go on mission trips, but we can live on mission where we are right now. And I think his heart and his desire for other people to know who Jesus is really does embody what it looks like to be the blessing, to say, how do I use my time, my talent, and my resources to say, God, whatever you would have for me, I want to be a part of it. And also that heart of I'm planting seeds, whether you see someone accept Jesus or maybe they don't in a moment, maybe your little invitation to church or to a, a church function or just to hang out with some friends that are living life a little bit differently can make a big impact. And can we throw up this last photo here too? What's also really cool is they're holding up some Bibles. So as Jordan was getting ready to go on this trip, we had an opportunity, Melissa and I, to connect with him. And we're like, so what, what do you need? Like, what does this look like for you? He's like, well, I would love to have some Spanish Bibles to be able to hand out. So like, all right, how many are you trying to give out? What was your goal? How many? My goal, well, my goal was 100. Um, I, I needed more, though, after. It was so many kids. I mean, it was just incredible. So how many did you, you gave out all 100 of them? A, I gave so them all. So we gave out all 100, and as a Soul Revival family, we got to donate and bless with the, the Bibles, and he was packing up all his suitcase to go. So whether you know it or not, as a church family, we also got to be a part of this mission trip. This vacation Absolutely. turned into a different kind of mission. Absolutely. So that's really cool for us to see these kids holding up those Bibles and that Jordan would be brave enough to say, how do I turn this opportunity into something that can be missionally focused? How can I turn it into an opportunity to share about who Jesus is and embody what it looks like to be the blessing? And we love and appreciate you. Thanks for coming, sharing some stories. Can we give it up for Jordan? Oh, thanks, brother. I can take that. Thank you. Man. Isn't that cool just to see how it can be used? And that can be the same for any of us. We can be in our workplace. We can be at our homes within our family and asking God, like, how can I be the blessing? 
How do you want to use me for my time, talent, and resources? Because you are calling me to live generously. Generous with our whole life. I want to look at generosity in another way too as we go to our scripture today. In Matthew 5, 38 to 39, it says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Hold up a second. We're just talking about generosity. Just spent like 15 minutes. What does this have to do with that? And actually in the Bible, a lot of people's versions will say, love your enemies right here. But what this verse is talking about is Jesus is sharing on the Sermon on the Mount is saying, look, somebody, now maybe not physically hitting you in the face. Like if you got slapped in the face, you might be, oh, uh, uh, I am not letting somebody hit me again. Oh, no, you didn't. Come at me again and see what happens. You actually need to let them. But maybe not like literally and then just wait for it, but maybe just walk away. The point of what he's sharing is let's not retaliate. So in, in the Jewish law, what it said and, and what this verse really referenced and what it was teaching was more for the judges, more for those that were maybe hosting a trial. So that if somebody would commit a crime, that they had to ensure that the punishment met that crime. But over time, it became this thing where it's like, nope, I got to get my revenge. I need to be vindicated. You did that to me, you better watch out. You know, I'm coming for you. Then you live with this intimidation like, man, that was a slap in the face. You know when someone says something smart to you? Oh, you know I got to say something back. Do you, though? Why? Why is that so innately within us? See, because God is calling us to live differently. He's saying, I want you to live generously. I want you to live generously. And to live generously means that you forgive generously. That's what Jesus is sharing here. So generosity doesn't just come from a space of what are the things I have to give and offer, but also how do I respond to other people? How do I live with a generous heart filled with love to say even if someone says something about me or comes after me or attacks me or posts badly about me, that I'm not going to respond with hate. But I'm going to say, God, I truly want you to help me love them better. Turn the other cheek. It was an outrageous thought at the time. And how many of you, when someone has done something to you or someone that you love, like, man, I hope they get what they deserve? Or even better, you know, it feels real good when you're like, ha ha, they got what they deserved. I knew it was coming. See, what I would challenge us and what Jesus is challenging us with here is to say, to give what they don't deserve. Give what they don't deserve. Let that look like love. Because to live generously means to forgive generously. Some of you are like, man, I needed this message before Thursday because there were a whole lot of family members talking crazy. But there are these opportunities that will present themselves because there are people that you know and those that you don't. But unfortunately, the ones that you know the most are the ones that can hurt you the most and are also the ones that are most difficult to love back and to show forgiveness to because you've seen the cycle for so long. But if you have the perspective 
of who Jesus is when you look at other people and think about who Jesus is to you and what he offers you. See, Jesus came and lived perfectly. And he has offered us this forgiveness. He has offered us this generous gift to say that even the things that we deserve, he has given us what we don't. And to say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Because even those people that have been frustrating me like crazy, I mean, how do you get to somebody who's just wasted? We turn the other cheek. We forgive generously. It's funny how the Holy Spirit works and the way that he crafts conversations and as he's leading up to different moments. Because yesterday we met as a men's group and we've been talking about evangelism. And somehow we ended up talking about this very subject. And as we're having this conversation, it's like, how much is too much? How, how much before I can stop forgiving someone? How much before I get to a place where I'm like, man, I don't want to be walked all over? Within our lives, if we want to be a bridge to help people get to Jesus, we have got to expect to be walked over. Even if it doesn't feel good. Who wants to be stepped on? But if you know that it can lead to the glory of God, if you know that it can lead to a transformation within someone's life, that's why Jesus is sharing with us that it is important for us to turn the other cheek, for us to forgive generously. That's what it looks like to love generously. Continues. Matthew 5.40, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Like, what? You're about to sue me? You remember growing up, maybe it's just me, but you get in a fight with someone, like, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> no? Was that just me? I know somebody else here, if you grew up in Racine, you're like, I'm going to sue you. My mama's going to sue you. No, my dad's going to sue you. You better watch out. Like, I don't even know what it means to sue you. I just thought it was a name. I'm going to sue you. And in those days, same thing would happen. Like somebody might owe somebody a little something. Like as I was growing up, I knew that I was trying to get the best of other people. My mom would give me lunch money. I'd put it in my sock, a couple dollars. But I found a way to get some more money, somebody else, like from somebody else. I'm not proud of this. And I know Jesus now. I would not live this way. And I tell my kids, do not live this way. But I'd end up with like $20 in my sock. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a hustler. And those people would come to me like, hey, you got my money back? Like, man, I do not have any money. Remember I already told you I was broke? That's why I asked you for some money? Yeah, but you said you were just borrowing it. Oh, I thought you said I could have that. Like, let me hold something. You know, anybody ever heard that say, come on, let me hold something. Supposed to mean borrow, but really it's like, oh, I just asked asked for it. You know, you didn't hear me right. Because you can change the definition of how you want. Let me hold something to me. Some of you are like, what are these words he's using? (laughs) But what Jesus is sharing here is like, hey, don't live that way. Live in a way that when you give back, you're going to give back generously. And that's what it looks like to love generously and to live generously. It's like not only do you owe them something, like you collected that 20 and they gave you five, go ahead, give them all 20 of it. Like that would be crazy. That overcoat. So if somebody owes somebody something, they could take everything you have, but they couldn't take their overcoat. It was kind of like their dignity, kind of like they could still have a jacket because nobody wants to see that. 
I thought that was way more funny than that laughter gave me credit for it, but that's okay. And what Jesus is saying, he's like, hey, give them everything. If you're going to give back, give back generously. Why? Because when you do something, people are like, you're crazy. You owe me $10 and you just gave me a 50? But when we live generously, it looks like giving back generously. Because that's what Jesus did with us. He gave so generously so that we could have salvation. The thing with Jesus is we actually had nothing to gain from him that was owed to us. He wanted to offer us the world, and he gave us grace, and he gave us mercy. Some of you ask, you keep saying grace and mercy, but what does that look like? It means that when God sent his son Jesus, he didn't just come and say, all right, I'm here to save you. He came here to be beaten, to be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be talked about. Talk about turn the other cheek. He had to do it because everyone was talking negatively about him. He came in as the Messiah and wanted to share about who God was, and every religious person was talking junk. The people that were supposed to be his homies. He's like, and now not only that, but I'm going to give back to you so generously that gifts that you don't even deserve, you get to have in the form of salvation. Because when he came and he was beaten for us and he was put on that cross and he died for our sins. But thank goodness that that's not how it ended because he rose again. And now through Jesus, as we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we have salvation. He's saying, man, look at how I can outgive any circumstance. He gave back generously when he didn't owe us anything. So in our lives, in our hearts, what are things that we can show love with to other people? Like, man, they were, they were so mean to me. They don't deserve my love. But they get sick, maybe you bring them a meal anyways. That time that they helped you out and now they're struggling, it's easy to be like, well, you, I, thanks before, but I'm busy now. But to go above and beyond and show them love? Oh, you need a day off of work? I got you, I got you. I'll cover that. Because if we want to live generously, we need to give back generously. We need to do things that look so insane to the rest of the world because it's not what people would expect. We live in a culture of take, 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 take. And he's not, he's calling us to give back generously because we're all guilty of it. So there's no condemnation in Christ. No one sit here today and think to yourself, well, yep, that's me. I feel horrible about myself now. I'm just gonna go home, take a nap. Try to forget about all of it. I'm saying we've all been there but how do I respond differently the next time? How do I respond by giving generously? Because that's what Jesus did for us. Continues, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. You ever heard the expression, go the extra mile? Nobody. Sure hands. Maybe I should have said, raise your hand. You ever heard to go the extra mile? That's from this verse right here. 
And the way that this came about and the reason why Jesus is speaking the way that he is about it is because in that culture, the Romans oversaw everyone. They were in power. They had the authority over the Jewish people. And there was a rule in place that a soldier could just walk up to everybody like, yo, carry my stuff. And they had to for a mile. How would you respond today if that were you? Someone came up to you in a hallway like, carry my books. You'd be like, psh, psh, get out of here. Nope, not a chance. But they had to or they would be arrested. So they were called to walk a mile and carry the armor of these soldiers. And I sometimes wonder, like, what would these soldiers say to him? Like, yeah, you better carry my stuff. You just got punked. I'm not even talking about Ashton Kusher. You better just do what I'm telling you to do. Just feeling awful. So you're mentally being challenged because they're talking down to you, but physically feeling the brutal circumstances of carrying their heavy armor. And you'd have to do it for a mile. And when Jesus is saying, yeah, actually do it too. They would have looked at him like he was crazy. Like, are you kidding me? I'm never going to do more than I have to. Anyone ever feel that way? At school, in work? This is all they asked me to do. So that's all I'm going to do. What Jesus is sharing here is, hey, you have an opportunity for two miles. The first mile, yeah, you're supposed to just be there. But that second mile, that time when you're going above and beyond, you can talk to him about me. So when someone says, hey, why are you brown nosing and staying late after work? Like, I'm not brown nosing, I'm just doing it for Jesus. You know, that person was so mean to you, so why would you still show up and help them and actually bless them even more abundantly? Jesus. Why is it that you always have a tendency that even though people keep giving you more and more to do and to carry and you feel this heavy load that you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it with a smile, though, and I'm even going to go above and beyond with excellence because of Jesus. When we are called and given this opportunity to go the extra mile, saying God has given us an opportunity to do something so great. Because we can outgive generously. That's what it looks like to live generously. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. He continues, give to the one who asks you. And do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Live generously. It's the be the blessing. It's this posture of I get to do this. I don't have to do this. It's a de desire to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And even if someone looks down on me, I'm not going to turn away from them because you're calling me to love everybody always. See, generosity, yeah. You're like, can we go back to talking about my time, talent, and treasure here? Because that seems a whole lot easier than turning the other cheek. Sounds a whole lot better than getting on my jacket too. 
Sounds a whole lot better than going that extra mile because I'm tired. Following Jesus, what he calls us into is saying, look it, when you follow me, know that I've already been there. I've already done that. I've already experienced that pain. I did it joyfully. I did it because I love you. And now I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to give you everything you need to be able to do it too. Because when you live differently than the world does, it will point to me and their lives can be changed. And it will change yours along the way. If we want to see a difference in our world and a difference in the lives and relationships that we have, we got to live differently. And that's going to look like loving when it doesn't make sense. It's going to look like living generously with our forgiveness. It's going to be looking generous with how we give back. And when we outgive, we go above and beyond because we know that God's going to use it. And we trust him for it. You have heard that it was said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. What it's saying is he loves everybody always, no matter who they are and what they're going through. That his favor still falls. That his grace is still there for everyone. And he's telling us, do the same. Live generously. And living generously looks like loving generously. It means the people that might be treating you badly, that you can respond differently with love. really easy to get caught up in the mud and the junk that's happening around you and when other people are complaining about something to just jump right in or when someone comes at you and says something smart to say of course I'm going to say something back saying God give me the strength and the boldness and the ability to respond with love to show people something different and that different thing is Jesus And that can only happen when he first transforms your heart. It brings me back to being a blessing is not from a posture of have to, but of get to. Because God does not need you to do anything, but he wants you to be a part of changing the world. God could have instantly saved the world, but he chose to send his son Jesus as a baby to live a full life. So when you respond to challenges this way, when you live generously with forgiveness and giving back generously and outgiving generously, you might not see an instant result, but you have to trust that God is working, that he's moving, that his plan is good. But knowing that you responded with love will give you contentment because you are following him. Live generously. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? 
It's easy to love those closest to you. I look at my kids and I want to bless them abundantly. You'll find ways to make things happen for those that you love, and that is a good thing. But Jesus is inviting us to say, how do we love everybody, though? Even those that mistreat us and get on our nerves and frustrate us. You can't do it alone. You need the power of Jesus in order to do it, because in our own strength, it can't happen. He's saying, live generously. Because those that are hardest to love are the ones that need it the most. The ones that are so lost and they put on this false facade that makes them look like they're strong and tough and they're talking back. Those are the ones that actually need to know that they're valuable, that they have an identity, that they are loved and cared about. As we come and we walk these hallways throughout the week and I see these kids with these hard faces and these hardened hearts because they're just hurting and our hearts break because we want them to know how precious and valuable they are. We want them to know how loved they are and how much purpose that they have, that there's an opportunity for something greater within their lives and his name is Jesus. In every realm and every sphere that you're in, there are those hard-hearted people that are there and that are feeling so broken and so hurt, but they will not allow you to see it. But when you respond with love and you do it generously, you can see God start to tear down walls and transform hearts and change lives, and he's inviting you in to be a part of it. I was that hard-hearted kid. I was walking around and people thought I was so arrogant and cocky and I was broken and lost and hurting. I don't speak from a place of just assuming what someone else is going through. I've been there and I know what it feels like to be in a pit and to have somebody love me anyways. And then to have an encounter with the living God, Jesus Christ who came and saved my soul. And it is a free gift that is offered to everyone because he loves so generously. I didn't get what I deserved. God gave me what I didn't. Love, hope, purpose. And he is offering the same to you and to everybody you encounter. He's not some far off distant God, some old white dude up in the sky. No, he is a living, breathing God who is right here, right now. And he wants to penetrate your heart and change your soul. Because he loves generously. And he always gives what we don't deserve. He is that good. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. See, that's a confusing verse. The reason why it's so confusing is because what Jesus is saying is he is talking and sharing with people. He's saying, look, to live generously and to love generously, it looks like this. But if you want to continue to follow the rules of this world, to check off all the boxes, then you have to be perfect like me. That is something that not one of us can do. No one is perfect but Jesus. So he is speaking to the fact that none of us can be perfect, but we need a perfect God to help us love people perfectly. So being perfect doesn't mean you got it all together. It just means I'm going to lay my life down and surrender to God and trust him with everything. Because I know that his ways are higher than my ways. 
and he is better. And that gift is perfect. And a relationship with Jesus is so much better than a religion that will tell you you are not good enough and you're not living up to expectations. He says, just come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love the message version of this. I read it to you earlier, but not all of it because I didn't want to shock and overwhelm you. Matthew 5.48 in the message version says, in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Live generously. Because there are people that are hurting and broken even know it because the way they walk around but those that are so hard to love are the ones that need love the most they need to have an encounter with Jesus and it might have to start right here right now maybe that's you in this space you're like man I've been so hard-hearted for so long and you feel right now that God is speaking to you and you can feel his presence in this place well right now I want to give you an opportunity to respond we never close a service without giving people a chance to step into a relationship with Jesus. The greatest thing, the greatest decision that you could ever make to say, I want to follow him. I want to live differently. I want to see what it looks like to have a relationship with the living God where I don't have to continue to worry about living up to worldly expectations, but I can trust in a God who wants to lead and guide my life. And he has something better for me because I want to live generously. So I would just ask, would everyone bow your head and close your eyes? And in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, if that's you today and you say, yes, you want a relationship with Jesus, I just ask that you would shoot your hand in the air. See, there is no checkbox that you have to make to step into this relationship. It is this belief within your heart and this confession about, yes, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he came to do, that he is a risen king. And that extension of your hand to the air represents this determination and this decision to say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. One, you need to know that Jesus came and died for you. Two, he would do it again and he will meet you in your brokenness and he will help you live generously beyond anything you could imagine. And three, if that's you, would you shoot your hand in the air today? Would you raise it up high? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, I thank you for those right now who just made that decision to step into a relationship with you. I thank you for the way that you are moving and working and speaking. God, I pray for revival. I pray for heart transformation. God, we are sorry for our sin. We are sorry for where we fall short. But I thank you that you see our sin as far as the east is from the west. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide and encourage those today who made that decision, that you would walk alongside them, surround them with others who love you and love them so that they could know that there is things greater in this life for them. We are celebrating all of these decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.